0: Welcome to the History of the United States Channel. Today's episode, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, a crucial step towards achieving equality. My name is Carolina Arredondo, and I will be your host. In today's episode, we will cover the background, the causes, the consequences, and the legacy of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. I will be making a special emphasis on the importance of the Civil Rights Act for the African-American population in the U.S., and I want you to consider this podcast as a concise overview of this event so that you all can see the significance of this topic. Join me on a journey to one of the most important events for equality in America. First, Let's talk about the Civil Rights Act of 1960, which was signed by President Dwight D. Eisenhower on May the 6th. This act did not introduce a new law, but it aimed at straightening and covering loopholes in the Civil Rights Act of 1957. Some of the areas it covered were Federal inspection of local voter registration polls by appointed referees to oversee Southern elections and ensure that African-Americans were permitted to vote. It also included penalties for anyone who obstructed someone's attempt to register to vote or vote. Dwight Eisenhower's term ended in 1961 his successor was F. Kennedy, who was president from 1961 until his assassination on November 22nd, 1963. During his time in office, Kennedy's struggle was to consolidate civil rights for all Americans. The truth was that the struggle for civil rights was not a priority for his administration until the March on Washington on August 28, 1963. After that, and just before his assassination, the civil rights bill became a critical issue for American domestic affairs. After the tragic assassination of Kennedy in Dallas, the bill was left in hands of the new president, Lyndon B. Johnson, also known as LBJ. Kennedy's vice president, and a former congressman and senator from Texas. During his administration, Johnson proposed multiple new strategies and initiatives as Hope researched with the Great Society Program. On May 22, 1964, the same year when he would eventually win the elections, he said this during his speech at the University of Michigan. The Great Society rests on abundance and liberty for all. It demands an end to poverty and racial injustice, to which we're totally committed in our time. After his triumph on November 3rd, the Great Society program became Johnson's main agenda for Congress in 1965. This program was an ambitious series of policy initiatives, legislation, and programs led by LBJ. Its main objectives were to aid education, straighten and expand medical care, develop depressed regions, fight against poverty, control and prevent crime, and the removal of obstacles to the right to vote. One can say that this program seemed to be a rebirth for the US, as it will deal with several problems that American society was facing. The Congress began rapidly enacting some of Johnson's recommendations. For example, the 1965 Medicare amendment to the Social Security Act, which hugely aided elderly people, as well as the beginning of new anti-poverty and anti-discrimination programs. A war on poverty was declared by LBJ. According to the Washington Post, in that period, nearly 20% of Americans at the time were under the poverty line. Prior to Kennedy's and Johnson presidencies, there was a slow economic growth, high taxes, high rates of unemployment, and lack of international trade. In March 1964, Johnson introduced the Office of Economic Opportunity and the Economic Opportunity Act, hoping to help the underprivileged break the poverty cycle by helping them develop job skills for their, their education and find work. For instance, some initiatives were a community action program for people to tackle poverty within their own communities. The ability for the government to recruit and train skilled American volunteers to serve poverty-stricken communities. Give loans and guarantees for employers who offer jobs to the unemployed. Provide funds for farmers to purchase land and establish agricultural crops. And help unemployed parents preparing to enter the workforce. Among other of Johnson-led initiatives, focus on Medicare and Medicaid, education, urban renewal, and environmental initiatives. Perhaps the most important implementation of Johnson was the Civil Rights Act of 1964, signed into law by himself on July the 2nd. But what were the causes for the creation of this act? As I previously said, the March on Washington had a direct repercussion on American government's priorities. However, it was not the only cause. It was a problem which its solution was well overdue. Now, before I continue to the next point, just remember that this episode is sponsored by Human Rights Watch. What are human rights? A question that sits at the heart of our work. Human rights are a set of basic standards that everyone needs to live a full life. They come from shared human values, such as fairness, respect, dignity, and freedom. And they belong to every person in the world without exception or discrimination. Human rights impact you every day in more ways than you think. Let's continue. So, despite the amendments aiming at abolishing slavery following the Civil War, many states, particularly in the South, used poll taxes, literacy, literacy tests, and other measures to keep their African-American citizens from voting. Many former confederate states also enforced a strict Jim Crow laws, which mandated segregation in public places and condoned it violence from white supremacist groups such as the Cuckoo's Klan. After the Reconstruction following the Civil War, Congress failed to pass a single Civil Rights Act, even though in the 1950s, Congress introduced some policies such as the Civil Rights Act of 1957 to help black people to vote, they were limited to avoid southern resistance. They were a watered-down version, which failed to change much, especially in these aforementioned states. When JFK came into office, protests were springing up throughout the South, including one in Birmingham, Alabama, on May 1963, where police brutally suppressed nonviolent demonstrators with dogs, clubs and high-pressure firehouses. The upheaval from Birmingham finally pushed Kennedy to act and subsequently the 1964 act was passed by Johnson's office. So, having established some of the causes of the creation of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, it now leads us to the question of what were the consequences? Well, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was considered one of the crowning legislative achievements of the civil rights movement. It looked to end segregation in public places and ban employment discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. It established that Black people and other minorities could not be denied service simply based on the color of their skin. It forbade the use of federal funds for any discriminatory program. It authorized the Office of Education, now the Department of Education, to assist with school desegregation. It gave more power to the Commission on Civil Rights, and it prohibited the unequal application of voting requirements. As we can see, this act was a pivotal framework to transform American society. Without this important transition, the United States social development would have been limited and delayed more years as it had happened in the past. This event brought much more rights for African Americans and basically began the real end to legal segregation by hastening the end of Jim Crow laws in the South. This act was later expanded to bring disabled Americans, elderly and women in collegiate athletics into its umbrella and it passed the way for other major follow-up laws. For example, The Voting Rights Act of 1965, which prohibited literacy tests and other discriminatory voting practices. The Fair Housing Act of 1968, which banned discrimination in the sale, rental and financing of property. Finally, the Economic Opportunity Act of nineteen sixty four, which complemented the civil rights milestones by attacking the economic inequalities that had so long accompanied racial discrimination and exclusion. It served as blueprint and inspiration for many other groups of Americans seeking equality and access. For example, it energized the women's movement, and led to founding of the National Organization for Women in 1966, which pushed further for the promotion of full equality between men and women. On the other hand, the implementation of Johnson's Great Society program was limited because of the Vietnam War, which had some social and political resentment towards it and because in 1968, President Richard M. Nixon and the Republican Party set out to undo or alter much of the Great Society's legislation, as he and other Republicans still wanted to help the poor and the needy, but wanted to cut the red tape and reduce costs. To sum up, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was, as the title of this podcast, a crucial step towards achieving racial equality. This act had, as its main objective, to achieve full legal equality for African Americans. The conception of this act began many years before, when social movements began to intensify. And for both Kennedy and Johnson's administration, it was not only a speech for gaining supporters, but a necessity for American stability and progress. The Great Society Programme played an important role in achieving a better, stronger country, able to face poverty and inequality during this period. So, this is the end of the podcast. Hope that you all found this topic interesting and that after this episode, you have a better understanding of the importance of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 that remains until this day. I recommend you to go in deeper and continue to research on this and other topics by hearing the next episodes. I swear you will not regret it. Thank you all for listening the History of the United States channel. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and I will see you in next time. Goodbye.